We are now. We're now recording. We're now recording. So anything you do is like sit still, calm, centered. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my special guest and friend, Kirsty McKenzie. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am really great. You know, a little bit cold in Sydney, so yeah, I know it's in the <laughs> it's in the middle of winter, so yeah. But I feel like in Sydney we we overestimate the cold, so we get cold really quickly. We're like we're used to sort of super heat. So, yeah, you know when it is cold, you're like, oh my goodness, it's like eleven degrees, and the rest <laughs> of the world's like, really, guys, really. Yeah, I know, and then everyone's just like, oh, judgmental. Yeah, um, because I think it's like. I was looking at Blue Mountains and it's like negative something oh, on really? the night. Um, yeah, it gets it gets ridiculously cold up there. So we're we're just kind of complaining. <laughs> yeah, we're just you know what we just want hot chocolate and blankets. I think that's our thing. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're an actor. Yes. You're an uh, like a bit of an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, what else do you do apart from like uh, tell everyone a bit about like where who you are and where it all started? Right. Um, so it depends how far back we want to go. Um, but originally Scottish, and then I grew up in South Africa. Um, and I do all of the things. Um, I do heaps of stuff, and my friends always. Um, I don't know. I'm so close to swearing on a podcast already, and it's so early. And go I'm for like, it. Go for it. No, go for it. There is always swearing on this one, okay. so you're you're allowed. Oh, to. I was like. Ooh, I felt the word and I was like, no, <laughs> grabbed it back. It's all good. Go for it, go um, for it, go for it. No, my friends always take the piss out of me because they're like, is there anything that you you don't really do? Um, I like keeping myself occupied and busy. So yeah. I um, started in veterinary science in South Africa, um, which was, there's only one school in South Africa that does vet. So in the whole of South Africa, it's a highly competitive course. Got into that because I decided that I decided as a child and everybody was like, no, you'll change your mind. And I was like, no, I won't. Um, and then I got in and I was like, I changed my mind. You guys were right. So yay for you. Um, yeah, I did three years of that. And then I was like, no, don't want to do that. Um, and that's when I ended up coming to Sydney and I ended up going in for med medicine. Okay. And then went, no, because by that stage I'd found the acting and I realized that medicine was going to take my whole my whole attention yeah. and I'd found something that I found like I loved I loved being on set and I loved being in that world and I was like, I just don't want to give that up just yet. yeah so I I didn't do med and then once I was sort of going on my acting dream and pursuing it with all I had my um I had done my bachelor's and honors at Sydney University I completed that so I got that out the way and sort of human physiology and my supervisor who did my honors came to me and went well would you like to come back for a scot um a phd and i went oh not not really but thank you um and he was like how about if i offer you a scholarship to do the phd oh and i was like well a lot of people i know have part-time jobs you know in cafes or bars or casual stuff and i was like well what if i did a phd as my part-time job because i could get paid and i went in under the condition that it was a a flexible one as long as i did the work and as long as i gave i would do it you know as you would a phd but i needed the flexibility that i couldn't be 
committed to a specific time schedule for it. Yeah. Um, so did that and it's <laughs> it's going to be handed in at the end of this month. So <gasps> yay. Um, and then I can be all wanky and be like, I'm a doctor. Um, <laughs> I'm not really, you know, it's I'm going to get the title and I will insist people use it when they refer to me all the time. Yeah. I'll be like, so no, it's Dr. McKenzie. You got it wrong. Yeah. Um, no, I won't. I, it's, uh, it's I'm, just I'm a, quite sarcastic. So anybody who doesn't know me, that's a lie. Um, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I I wouldn't put it past you though. Oh, no, I totally, totally would. I'm thinking, I'm thinking movies. I'm just going to be like, you're going to have to put a doctor in front of my name. I'm so yeah. sorry. When the titles come up. Doctor. Doctor Kirsten Just like a real wanker. Um <laughs> So did that and, you know, have been acting and doing that, everything in between. So, yeah. yeah, heaps of stuff. You've been, yeah, and you've kind of just been a bit everywhere, which, you know, also I didn't know about the medicine thing or the, like the, <laughs> the science thing. So that's super cool. That's like a secret nugget. And I was it's like, like <gasps> super nerdy. I, look, super nerdy. But, but the... the <laughs> So anyone who doesn't know Kirsty, like you are a super nerd, yeah. like you're very nerdy. Yeah. Um. But I always, I always think this is the thing that I laugh so hard about. You remember when we were like when we were young, and how nerdy was like perceived as people with glasses and yeah. you know, and it's such a particular time. And then when we get older, no one who's actually a nerd looks anything like they do in. Books. It, it's so true. It's so true. And you know what? Nerds are the cool people. So if you're not a nerd, aspire. Now <laughs> so is aspire. the time. <laughs> I, th- I think it's very true. And then it's just like we're all very like glamorous, really nice people just going, oh, did you watch that film? Let's talk in depth yeah. about something really nerdy or like science facts or something. But um, no, so you, when, how old were you when you left South Africa? I must have been, what, I've been here eight years. So what? 21 yeah 20 21 okay yeah so it's like was that a bit of a dear lord i'm sort of like jumping the shark a bit to go to australia and be like was it was it a little bit also a culture shock to come to australia because i mentioned whereabouts in south africa were you living i was living pretoria so it's actually the capital which not a lot of people know um, oh yeah i would have yeah. thought like cape town or something like yeah that. everybody goes so cape town and you're like no i'm yeah. inland and so <laughs> when people take um i'm i'm afraid of sharks that's a fun fact um I'm, really yeah terrified of the like i can swim in the ocean but i start getting panicky <laughs> if i'm too far away from the, which makes no sense because yeah you know i drive my car and i get i get all the facts but the fact is there's no sharks in the road so you know i'm safer in my car than i am in the ocean in my brain. <laughs> um but it's because i never grew up around water so yeah. I, like i can swim i'm a great swimmer but i was inland so i mean what, what did i have to worry about like yeah. perhaps people with guns, which are probably, you know, sort of more South Africa based, whereas I just never grew up around water. So yeah, yeah. there were certain things in Australia I feel that definitely were a little bit of a culture shock for me. Yeah. Um I'm like that I think just you'd never think about as well. And I think also like did you find there was a little bit of a, a like a surprise when you told people you were like from South Africa and you were just like I l- <laughs> lived in South Africa? Did you get any like weirdly you know racist or prejudiced things said about it when you moved here? I think um, yeah, it was interesting because at that stage I had 
a strong South African accent, so people probably wouldn't have said stuff around me. That yeah. Was potentially, but I did notice it. Um, I can remember vividly, actually, I was at Darling Harbour and I was in the food court because... I don't know. I found solace in food courts because they're I was great just, to find. Yeah, I mean, like you're just surrounded by happy people eating food. I mean, how wrong can it go? Mm. And I just remember sitting near this table of people who were doing nothing but complain about the price of everything, and I watched the reactions of the Australian people around them. And this particular family were were from South Africa, and I think that sort of. It just stuck in my mind because I remember seeing the the people around them reacting and the way there was almost like a disdain for that yeah. sort of attitude. And it is very easy because when, you know, you come here, South Africa is really quite, it's quite affordable. Um, yeah. Um, my best example is I think when I last went back, you could get like a Long Island iced tea. Bad reference, but you know, it's where my <laughs> brain was at um, for maybe five, six dollars. Wow. And so, you know, you come here and suddenly you're paying $21 for a cocktail when you go out and you're suddenly like, that's almost triple the price what I'm paying yeah. back home. So it is easy to, that's, especially if you're used to your home comforts, you tend to find the discrepancies in different countries and yeah. how it's different and what might be better or worse. And so it's very easy to get stuck in that mentality. So I didn't, you know, I did notice that for a very long time I was an, I was an outsider, which yeah. I found really hard. Um, I didn't, because I didn't know anybody coming here. I had yeah. no, no friends, no frame of reference, no no social circle to walk into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being from South Africa didn't put me in the best position to make those friends. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, because that would have been, what, nine years, like eight, nine years ago would have mm. been probably, like, early 2010, sort of 2011. Yeah, uh, no, 2013. 2013, yeah. okay, cool. Because, like, the way, the way Australia's made a shift, especially mm. Sydney... Because I've grown up here my entire life, I just feel like I've grasped a handle of how prejudice Sydney was, especially from outsiders coming in. And it, it, it was a period of time where it was like, I remember saying this to someone recently, where it's like every five years there would be a change in who like you'd hear people from circuit pockets of Sydney complain about certain people and it wasn't like a general thing it wasn't like everyone was doing it but you did notice the changes of when like it was almost like the the topics on who you wanted to hate or how like things you wanted to you know change over time and I remember growing up there was a lot of like um uh, hating hating on um and Asian culture and Asian people in um, Sydney because it was just like the massive influx um and I remember like this this is like um a few years ago, I remember the whole stop the boats and, you know, that whole campaign, which I think is ridiculous because people who are seeking asylum and stuff like come here, can, you know, it's nice, happy country. Just don't trust our economy. Um, but, uh, or politicians. But, um, yeah, I do think that there there are some people in Australia who are just very much still of that old mindset that everyone here speaks with, you know, the colonialism and the whole, like, uh yeah every few decades but yeah no like uh, probably like four years ago it was like back into um lebanese and um you know like culture and you know um like the middle east that were really like harshly attacking them because you remember like we had um the martin place siege and all that so it was like all these things whenever there's a big event that happens people get really anti 
a group, but it's more of a culture group than it is actually specifically that group. And that's what I find the problem with Australia in particular because we we rely on media so heavily because we're an island. So we don't get a lot. Of, we can't leave this island at the moment. So we get all our media in and therefore I think it is changing but yeah, there's a lot of things where I feel like when people talk about outsiders or they just, you know, there was this whole thing about politicians not that long ago saying they had to be born in Australia to be in parliament or some bull crap mm. like that or prove their citizenship. And nowadays, it's like, th- th- I feel like that's a bit of a phony kind of excuse to just alienate people. Mm. What's Do you feel the same that that's, you know, people just try and find excuses to alienate people for the sake of alienating? Yeah, I think it. I don't know. I can't. I definitely can't speak for everybody, or even speak for very many people. I'm sure. I I don't know. I think from observation, I would say that it's it's comfortable to have what you know, and the yeah. minute there's a change, and there's a change in a world or a life or something like that, people, it's like everything is resistant to change. And I think that's even one of the laws of physics is that yeah. it, things don't like moving. You know, so if <laughs> if, if, if you if you push on the wall, the wall pushes back, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a state of, you know, that this is comfortable and anything that changes that norm for for people, I think would breed that. And, you yeah. know, and then you'll have the Lint Cafe siege where somebody goes in and does that and then suddenly it's easy enough to alienate the whole group because, yeah. and it's the same thing with the, I mean, I don't think it's the same thing. I'm going to get heaps of hate. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Um, but with the the movement that's recently about sort of not all men, you yeah. know, that, that that kind of went out because it is, it is easy enough to generalize that you're like, you know, sort of how do you pick out in a group of people? Yeah the good ones or the bad ones you can't yeah. you actually can't pick them out so it's easy enough to say well they're either all good or they're all bad it's a sort of very big mentality to look yeah. around like that so i don't know i think that's that's kind of how i see it you know did you did you find it like that or uh yeah absolutely i feel like um uh i feel like there's also just the the case of culture and you know it goes back to what we were chatting about before the podcast i think it's just um yeah, they generally like to p- put people into big categories, and um, and I feel like that's the problem. A lot of like um, we're talking so early in the podcast about like some problems with society. It's amazing, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so true because when we put people into pockets or like we want to alienate people, it's so easy to put everyone into these little categories, and it and it's so easy to generalize then i think it, you know it goes back to also like my um hatred towards like america and their handling of a lot of like different racial mm. prejudice issues and sexist issues and stuff and i i watched a wonderful show recently called um lovecraft country which if anyone hasn't seen it's a great show it was a great show and it's very poignant to a lot of how much i really hate American bigotry and and racist culture, but also, um, you know, that whole attitude of I'm privileged and therefore you're not. So therefore, I'm going to use that privilege power to make your life miserable. It's just such a bully mentality. And the the pockets of people individually, like, I think, you know, men, especially like people like Christian Porter and stuff who are in a position of power should be 
not doing what they do. And, um, but, you know, but clearly you also understand why people generalize because there are so many people who are who are disadvantaging or ruining the reputations of others. Mm. And and so there is a sense of how do you kind of, you know, it's like picking a needle from a haystack kind of thing, finding the good ones in this really sharp field of people, but you do want to do it because otherwise it's just, it it makes it kind of not worthwhile to generalize. It's kind of just like you're hating on everyone and therefore becoming no better than anyone else because you're just generalizing. Mm. And you've got to specifically have facts and evidence and proof. And that's easier said than done, son. Um, uh, you know, like that's such a poignant thing for people. It's really hard to prove sometimes, and especially people who, who are of a less, you know, like everyone says the class system's dead. Mm. It's not. Um, but, yeah, that's a consistent thing that I feel like a lot of people suffer. Was that something that you also noticed when you came to Sydney, like was was like South Africa less of a class system than it is in um, Australia? Do you feel, or is it kind of just like was there just kind of the rich class and the poor class in South Africa, or like was it all people just helping people and being nice? Um, yeah, I think South Africa is a different kettle of fish um, mm. in terms of sort of problems and things yeah. like that. So, um. You know, you've got South Africa has extreme poverty, um, which I'm not saying Australia doesn't have, but it's on a different scale. So yeah. if you've ever heard of what a township is or anything like that, and it, um, shanty town, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So those, that kind of class system exists so much more. And there's also in South Africa, which I think can be quite confronting, especially um, from people who are not haven't grown up or don't know that system. Sort mm. of a lot of Australians are like, oh, it's so dangerous. And yet I grew up there and I didn't think it was that dangerous, if I'm being honest. You know, sort of. Really? We've had cars stolen, our houses broken into all the time, but I never felt like the world was different. Um, I didn't know different, so I just assumed that the world was like that. And then in South Africa, you've also got inherent racism. You know, you've got apartheid, you've got all these things that come back so far, and racism. You know, and Australia has that as well. They've actually got quite a dark history in terms of the Aboriginal people and, mm. you know, sort of the, the cultural appropriation, I guess. But in South Africa, there's there's so much anger and so much hate and there doesn't seem to be easy ways to balance that. And then yeah. you've still got, you know, sort of they don't have the, the government's not able to support people the same way it does in Australia. It's, yeah. it's just not. So healthcare is probably... I mean, I grew up and it's, I was privileged. I'm not, mm. for where I grew up, I was white and privileged. And I, you know, so I was very lucky that if I ever needed to go to a hospital, you'd never go to the public hospitals because it's, it's just so bad and really? things like wow. that. So you, you know, um, and I realized coming here that I have to constantly, I do, I constantly check myself and I sort of try and gauge where I'm at because I, I've, you know, growing up in a place where you, you generalize and you're like, well, and this is good. I don't even want to say it, but like colored or, or black people and you just be like, oh, you know, sort of that's probably more dangerous. And then yeah. I sort of, it's now something that I'm, I'm very embracing of all cultures. I try to be at least, and I don't want to be like homier than thou um, because I'm definitely not, you know, yeah. sort of, and it's something that I, I constantly check myself on. But growing up in that society there, I find that it's, 
it's probably not comparable to Australia. I think it's each country has its own inherent problems. Yeah. And, you know, sort of it's very easy from an outside perspective to, you know, we do it with America all the time that we're like, oh, that would be so easy. Just fix that. And then you go in and you're like, oh, that's not, that's not an easy yeah. fix. There's, there's so much more to it than what we're fed on the news. And, you know, sort of I even I get the news stories from my parents who still live there. And I was like, I mean, what was the latest one this week? They're like armed robbers trying to get in and hijack the woman who lives up like up the road from them because they live in a security complex. And they try like they all jumped out of the car with like AK-47s. And I was like, just leave the country, please. Please get out. And they just like that's them. They're like, no, it's got a security gate. Should be fine. I was like, they had AK-47s. What are you doing? Like, it's a different... <laughs> That's just I was like, why? And then like my mum carries a taser to the park and I was like, Okay, cool. Just I mean, just in case you wanna have a random like somebody comes up and you're like, I have a taser. Like, what? <laughs> so that's just like for me I think also another perspective that I just I never really grew up with, which was the whole idea of just not walking around and feeling safe constantly. <laughs> Cause um you know, th there is no threat or an impending danger. I think the most threat you'd get as a, you know, a young man living around, uh, like Sydney is just getting punched. That's it. You know, nothing, nothing else is really going to happen to you. If, if you antagonize mm. someone, probably more stuff, but if you leave them alone, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's just for me, you know, that's, that's surreal. Like with the whole taser, the, uh, what, like my dad tried to send me the taser. <laughs> I was like, Dan, um, I'm being arrested. Can you please not send me a taser in the mail? He's like, No, you'll probably need it. I was like, For what? For what exactly am I going to taser? Yeah. Do yeah. Do you feel like also though, because people who don't know you, you're incredibly quite tall. <laughs> <laughs> he says that I'm not that tall. I'm tall for a girl. My, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, what, 181, 182 yeah. centimeters? Yeah. You're as tall as me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not that tall, right? It's not that tall. It's we're just, tall. We're, we're in the good height. But I mean, like, th this is the thing that I always feel like. Do you feel like people get scared by the fact that you're so tall or intimidated by the fact that you're so tall? Is that a little bit fun or is it a little bit just kind of tiresome? I guess it's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, I've seen it. Um, it's interesting even, so I, so I do travel control as well at the moment just to sort of help pay bills and do yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And it's interesting because a lot of the girls around me are actually a lot shorter. Um, and people tend not to try shit with me. And I know that sounds weird, but it's, it's I'm trying to think of a specific example and I just can't. I just can't at the moment. But I remember thinking it's because I was told that people are just like, they yeah. don't they don't tend to argue with me as much and I'm quite intimidating to a lot of people. And then I'm like, I'm a big softie. Like if you say <laughs> something, I'll probably cry. Like it's I'm such a sensitive soul. And then it's sort of people are generally, yeah. And I realized living in King's Cross, because I lived in it said Potts Point, it was King's Cross. Um yeah. and I'd walk out of the train station there. And so the, for those of you who don't know, King's Cross used to be the the bigger area for sort of nightlife and you know brothels and yeah, sort yeah. of drugs and things like that and so I'd walk out and a lot of people have got some dodgy stories about King's Cross and I would walk home at like 4am in the morning just be like it's totally fine because I was cheap and I didn't want to use an Uber um and my dad would have been like Kirsty why 
you know, this is probably why he wanted me to have a taser. Um, yeah. Because I generally just, you know, um, good Did you night. get followed home? No, never. Not once. I never had one incident in King's Cross. Wow. Not one. And other people have the weirdest stories yeah. from doing exactly that. And I think it was because one, um, my trick of the trade is that if, you're ever uncomfortable, make eye contact with a person. And I know that sounds, unless they're crazy, don't make eye contact with crazy people. It's really bad advice. Um, but it's a, it's a self-defense thing that we were taught um, when I was younger, that if you actually clock that you've seen somebody, it's another layer of almost like they've actually seen me. Whereas if you're constantly looking at the ground or trying to, you know, looking a little, yeah. and I tend to walk my shoulders back and stride, not strut, because that's a different connotation. Um, <laughs> strut down King's Cross, just a great image. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I never had issues. And wow. I, I don't know, I think it's because I came from a more dangerous place that I'm a little bit more aware. I can... I can click when things don't feel right. And I'm like, avoid that. And I've had a couple of times where I was like, I actually don't, there's something about going home tonight. I just don't want to go in the main entrance. I just don't. And I would go around the back and sneak in. And I can tell you right now, I was probably when I had the stalker, but that's okay. <laughs> you had so, a stalker? Yeah. Yeah. Just because I attract gray energies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just had that feeling. I was like that night and it was fine. I'm sure it was fine, but you just, there's yeah. a sense and when you learn to trust that sense i think it does it does you well yeah no absolutely always trust your inner instincts mm. it's weird but it works it works absolutely uh, um that's in that's incredible though that i i think it's also like um you're not very intimidating once you know you though that's the <laughs> thing you are like the complete opposite uh which just makes me laugh that people were just like, oh, my God, she's so intimidating. Yeah, resting bitch face. And I was like, I do not. What even is that? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I have had it where somebody's talking to me and I'm like, I just can't. I just yeah. can't. I need you to leave now. Uh, I mean, you're also like so genuine. That's the thing. You're so chirpy you. and like and happy. No, probably not 24 <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that people then just assume there's the thing assumptions of just like, you know, when you're a certain type of person is that like that must have also because wh when did you when did you shoot up in height as well? Was that um, quite early? And I was about I've been this height since I was about 16, which wow. was great in high school because <laughs> I just like I mean, you could see me literally there's photos of us and I must have been you can't see my hands but it's a, a good 10 centimeters taller than all my other friends and wow was, you know and I just stuck out and so yeah it was I would always be the outsider you know if it was just and now yeah so I, I was very tall at a very young age where, yeah and they were like do you play basketball that's a stereotype stop it tall people do you play basketball no. No, exactly. You're no. tall. Why yeah. don't you play basketball? Yeah, like, look, I'm the height. I, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the height. Should I like sport and run outside, and I like none of that. Um, it's so funny because I work with someone, and I always tell the story. But I work with someone, and he's he loves sport. Absolutely loves sport. Thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And I said to him. Oh, um, he was like, how can you watch anything other? Like, how are you not bored? I was like, I have films and I have television shows. I have books that I love. And he's like, oh, but you're limited to that. And I was like, have you seen how much history of like movies and books? I haven't even scratched the surface. There's like probably about 5% I've already scratched. There's so much material out there. You could, 
If you did nothing for the rest of your life but watch TV and read books, you would never get through all the content that's no. on the planet, right? Like, there's Because it keeps creating new, like, yeah. I mean, and once you've finished all the English ones, if you ever got to that stage, there is French and German and all, like, you're yeah. just, you'd be, there's no time. No. Your life wouldn't be complete. But. I, th- I think that's also, like, one of the reasons that I'm, I very much, like, feel like stereotypes, we we do change a fair bit. And, um, you know, but that ju- that's just part of the excitement that I think we live with being artists and, and uh, like, entrepreneurs is we get excited by stuff like that but with you because you did let's let's kind of like turn this back to medicine and 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 doing like um science when did that were you always obsessed with films and and books and theater when you were young or was that just such a late thing i remember being at youth theater when i was much younger so i went to like a youth theater and i used to it there was a transition that happened for me and i can remember when i was when i first started you know, sort of we, I, I loved it and I loved being part of the theatre and I was quite young and sort of I must, what was I, 11, 12, you know, around that stage and I would get leads in a show, you know, and I was yeah. doing it with my best friend and, you know, having the best time like Peter Pan and stuff like that and then I remember the one, the one thing that I always, I mean, I, I have a very, when I was, especially when I was younger, I have a very boyish look. So yeah. I got cast, I think it was as Michael in this theater production. And I'm a girl. And so my best friend got cast as like, you know, she, I actually got the lead and she didn't, which, you know, wow. so it, was, it was great, but it was also, and I remember being on stage and I just, it was like something clicked and I suddenly just didn't want to do it. I just couldn't. And I froze and I, and it was, I think I was going through the stages of, not fitting in and you know the sort of bullying had started around that stage Mm. and then suddenly I didn't want to be seen anymore and I would cry not to go and I would just be like I don't want to do it because it means being in front of people and what I want to do is hide in the background Mm. and um and it was interesting because the the friend that I was with her dream she would always be like I'm going to be an actor and the irony now is that I'm the actor and she's now a lawyer so it's like the table switched, but completely. And um, yeah, I just remember that. And I, so I started that and then I never touched it again until I got to Sydney. I never, I never wanted to be in front of people. Like I, wow. when I say I wanted to hide, yeah. the less people could see me, the better I was. Like wow. I just didn't want to be seen in a way. And I got to Sydney and that was when I was modeling at the time and it's my favorite story. So it was, and I've told it before, but the, my modeling agency phoned me and they were like, look, the casting extras for Mad Max and they're looking for sort of skinny, scrawny looking people and you kind of fit the bill. What do you reckon? And I was like, (laughs) yes, I want to do that. And, you know, I went to this first audition. They auditioned extras and I don't even like, now it's a different thing. And I would be like, but then it was so exciting for me because when I went to this audition, they had this like huge folder of different things. And they're like, yeah. so, you know, they're like, do you mind, you know, it's probably getting covered in mud and stuff like that. And I was like, look, I'm a horse rider. I can handle the dust and, you know, I'm just that. And so I fought and I was sitting there being like, please, please, please. And eventually I got the call and I was like, yeah, no, you're, you're in. You're absolutely in. And I went and the first day was just like, when they said they covered us in mud and dust, they, they weren't lying. Like it was, yeah. you literally had a dust bath. So you walked through it. They had this huge sort of 
Wow. Yeah, it was huge. And you walk through the center of it and it was this like big construction. They pour dust on you from above and then they pick up the dust from the ground, go up again and sort of people would sit above you and just <laughs> pour more, like dust and mud and you name it. We got covered in it. And I just sat on that sand. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, you couldn't kill my spirit. You just couldn't. I did nothing but smile and just was like, this is amazing. I want more of this. And it was huge. It was a huge set. And I think sort of I was so like A-type personality. I just wanted to please the entire time. I was just so wanted to, I wanted to be perfect. I was, you know, what? if I was going to be an extra, I was going to be the best extra you've ever seen. Like they yeah. said, be, you know, stand at the side and I'd be like on the mark. I, you name, I would do it. And I then met james who's still a friend today and he was casting all the extras and he's you know he's a casting director to this day and he then you know i think he just saw my enthusiasm and he's like tell you what i'll give i'll give you featured extra for the rest of the shoot so then suddenly i went from being with like i think there were 300 extras to being one of eight they got to work with odd studios and stuff like that and suddenly you get different treatment and i was like that's very cool. I want that in my life. And then I just fell in love with that set. I looked at everything that I'd never seen. I'd never seen a set, like yeah. ever in my life. I didn't, when I got to Australia, I didn't know who Marlon Brando was. That's not even a lie. Somebody said it to me and I was like, who? Oh, look, I'd like, uh, uh, that's no shame. Yeah. So. No, like it was, and people were like, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. And then, and to this day, I still get people being like, how have you not seen this? And I was like, because A, I'm busy and B, I never grew up with it. I grew up yeah. with Indiana Jones and Star Wars and Blade Runner. Like it's, Harrison Ford for the yeah, win. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, I mean, look at that hot human in the TV. I didn't know his name, but I'd be like, I know who he, who he is. You know, he's Han Solo. And I'm like. That's, that's was it, was he your young crush? Was my young crush? Oh my god! It would probably have been somebody from Westlife. It wouldn't even have been an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Just I can't even remember. And like blonde frosted tips. Oh really? Yeah. You were after the blonde frosted tips. Uh, I was in the white pants and the white suits with them all dancing and synchron like synchronized dancing. Yeah, you know that was your that was your that type. Was my like, thing. Your teenage yeah. years. I can saw them live, cried, did all the things. Just <laughs> when they left, I was like, my heart, Jake. Oh, mortifying. Ah, uh, that was the what. That was my other thing is um, when I saw Twilight, oh, really? I fell in love with Robert Pattinson. It'll haunt me to this day because I was like, I told my modeling agent at the time, I was like, that's it. I want to be an actor. And everybody was like, why? I was like, because I want to go meet Robert Pattinson because I think we'd make a really good pair. And I was like, oh, it's so mortifying. And I dragged my mom. Like in South Africa, there's no acting schools. There's not yeah. like a NIDA or a... Yeah. And I dragged my mom into the dodgiest part of a, like a South African sort of city center, like Pretoria city center, which is dodgy. Like yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. place. Put it this way, and I don't mean it in any other way, but we were the only white faces for about four kilometers. So you, you stand out. Like, yeah. Here I am dragging my mom, being like, I hear there's an acting place in here. Can we go have a look so that I could be an actor to meet Robert Pattinson? There was no other reason. I didn't want to particularly act. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll be mortified if I ever meet him in person. I'll probably have to leave. I'll blush and I'll be like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Just leave. leave. (laughs) Yeah, just he would be like, why? I just, I. I mean, he's an interesting actor. That's for sure. Phenomenal these days. He he kind of skyrocketed out of um. Though I do, I do say that like 
I, I think out of all the actors who I just really think that he really knew what he was doing. He just was in a very poorly executed franchise. <laughs> it wasn't poor at the time. I'm so sorry. And I was like, he sparkles. <laughs> Can I just say, you've just, you've just christened the entirety of my teenage years where every person I knew was just Edward Cullen. And I'm like, dear God. Yeah, you look at it now, you're like, it's the worst movie ever. It's yeah. like they are but so it, bad. But I mean, it was like, it was just so many people's like wet dreams. With yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And then you're like, are you Team Edward or what's the other one? Team No, Team Team Jacob, Team Jacob, Edward. that's it. Yeah, I don't even Edward. know his name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Werewolves. Yeah. Fucking lichens. What, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, him with his bronze body. Nobody <laughs> even noticed him. It was Edward Cullen with his moody not saying anything that I was like. I feel, I feel like also all the actors who were the kids, he was probably the best out of them all. But he probably... Mm. He had the shittest dialogue. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, he, he did what he had to. And you know what? He's a success to this day. He is a success to this day. And both, like, so is Christian Stewart, actually, yeah. like, who has done really well. Though I do think her films are hit and miss much more because they have to cater towards her acting necessarily. I don't think she's a bad actor, but I do think that some of the roles she has taken like when she's in Disney, I think she did like um, the Snow White and the Huntsman one. Oh, I just thought yeah. that was terrible that she was like she wasn't really good. But I've seen her in, later in more indie mm. stuff, and the indie stuff when she's allowed to do what she mm. wants when she's less like the pretty face, she's quite good. But it's when she was going through that whole "I'm the pretty face of these franchises" and yeah. everyone thinks I'm hot and stuff. It kind of just a bit was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, sex sells apparently. And, oh, oh, yeah. And that was kind of like, did you also feel like with you know with modeling? Was that something that you were also kind of like aware when you got into? Was that um that sort of like you were kind of like this? You, people would find you a bit of a sex symbol or a, a little bit of that. I was, oh my God, I was such an awkward, I was so awkward. Like, I think, <laughs> I, I laugh about it now, but what, I was 15, 16. Mm. And so if somebody was like, hey, would you mind doing just like a, like, just, we'll see your back. You'll be topless, but it's only your back. I'd be like, God, no, you know, because my boobs will be on, people will see them. And I would get changed in like a changing room, you know? So, yeah, yeah. And that progresses. I don't think I, I. Definitely, I I wouldn't be a sex symbol if you tried. Like, you could pay money and be like, no. <laughs> and especially back then, it was just, I was very much your runway catwalk. Yeah. Sort of a little bit more edgy. I never was your commercial girl. And we used to laugh about it because, especially in Cape Town, you get a lot of the big swimwear shoots going yeah. through. And so it's always about being in the ocean and being in the waves and like hot girls in bikinis. And I would just look like I was drowning. If you put me in the ocean <laughs> in a bikini, you'd be like, she's not supposed to be there. Somebody help her. Yeah. Get her out the water. Yeah. Um, there's a shark. So it would just, yeah, it would, I was not, I was definitely not that symbol. I don't think for anybody. Really? Mm. Yeah. I think it's like, that that always I think is the kind of funniest thing. I love when, how you sound surprised. I, look, I'm very surprised <laughs> because, like, for me, from a perspective, there is there is something inherently about people who tend to do modeling that you do have to be quite confident and you know, and sexy when you're kind of aware of how you know a little bit how good looking you are and everything like that. It's so funny to hear the other side where you're just like. I'm so like <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most awkward. I'm 
yeah, being aware of being sexy is not something I think even to this day. Like, there's times that I go out that I'm like, yeah, cool, I've dressed the part. I know what it is. Um, yeah. But even, no, I'm just not. I'm you. I'm a goofy. I'm a goofy person in Which, real life. So. Yeah, that's endearing and and quite sweet actually. <laughs> but I mean, like, do you feel like that's then just faking it to the yeah. to the outside of people every, who don't? Every, everybody's like, "Oh, bullshit, Kirsty! Like you didn't know." And I was just, I I have this I have this inbred naivety to a lot of the stuff that I do that I think has has actually put me in good, good yeah, you know, stead before because I can remember. Like I did this one shoot with this um, photographer and it was the first time and I got, I actually got in trouble with my agency because they're like, you're not supposed to be, it was, it's beautiful. It's like, it's beautiful and you can't see anything, but a lot of the shots, shots were actually topless and stuff like that, but it was very artistic and stuff. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. Um, So yeah. And I still, some of those shots today are still some of my favorite. Really? Um, but I can remember him going, you know what, you should you should definitely, why don't we catch up later at my hotel room, you know, and, you know, we'll just go for drinks. And I was like, you know, I'm not actually good. I'm, I'm kind of busy later. And I just didn't, I honestly was like, he said drinks and I thought that's what he meant. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I sort of walked away with my head held high and he messaged a few days and I was like, no, I'm actually super busy, but thank you. Thanks for the photo, you know. This, and I just never thought any more of it. And then only looking back, I was like, fuck, you're an idiot. <laughs> like... I just didn't even think that that he wanted anything more, and I was like, ah, oh, I think he might have. Um, <laughs> and it's that's my naivety because I take people at face value. Yeah. So when somebody's like, "Do you want to go do this thing?" I'd be like, "Sure, let's go." And then you're like, "Oh no, no, you meant the other thing." No, no, sorry, you said you said this, and then you wanted something else, which is just my brain. Do you do you have to? <laughs> that must mean you're like absolutely rubbish and dating. <laughs> oh my god, I'm the worst. <laughs> Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Um, no, that that was kind of like just like push you over. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, this is the thing. Most of the time, people don't realize they're being hit on, and mm. you know, are you the you clearly are oblivious to it all uh, the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, um, and I mean, then you also don't, you also don't want to be that person that assumes something, and then some you make it awkward, or mm. you know, so it's. Yeah, I find that very difficult because you don't want to be a narcissist in the sense that you're like, oh, everybody likes me all the time, which is bullshit, you know. And then you also, I mean, <laughs> yeah, apart from you, which I mean, is like, great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so cool. Yeah, <laughs> you're special, okay. The, the uh, rest of us have to fight for it. So. No, <laughs> just to rub my own fucking ego. Um, but no, that's so true. Like, th- th- no one's going to like you 24-7. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's also like... um. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because when you're in your teenage years and stuff, you kind of go, "Oh, the world doesn't all like me." And then you get to your adult years and you kind of stop caring. Mm. You're very obl- like, I'm oblivious to it, and I like currently all the time when I just go, "Hang on, was that person like flirting with me or just being nice?" And it's like it happens in shops as well. Like this is the thing: like you'll go to the shop sometimes, and someone will be flirting, and you're just being nice. You're just yeah. being like, "Hi, how's your day? Good, yep." Yeah. But then I'll just be like, when I leave, I'm like. They were flirting with me. Huh. Nice confidence boost. Not going to do anything <laughs> yeah, about it, but like, get, cool. Yeah. Um, does that, do you start to realize that or are you still very young? I'm f- <laughs> totally oblivious. <laughs> totally oblivious. I just am. And I'm always nice. And then I have my personality, which then it, it does get me into trouble because people think I flirt with them. And I was like, oh no, trust me. If, if I'm flirting, we won't talk to you. 
I won't. I don't. I like, really? I, yeah, is I, that... I, my flirting is like zilch if I actually like somebody. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> so it's way too close. Don't talk to me. Um, please move away, please. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got, I can't even say it because if this person ever hears it, but I was on a set and apparently everybody could see that I liked him because I do the schoolgirl thing where I blush and I can't talk to somebody and I'm, I'm just the most awkward and I giggle, which is just, it's so mortifying and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix that part of me that <laughs> likes somebody and then it's like, he <laughs> runs away. It's just sort of shit. Um, that's so, that's so sweet though. <laughs> <laughs> so even now I'm blushing and people are like, you blush. I was like, I know, it's awful. What, like... <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just right. You're on the spot. I'm yeah, so. I know. I know. I'm uncomfortable. I'm just. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm fidgeting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I kind of love it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> um. It's very sweet. It's like. It's just. I think for me, it's also there. There's part of me that I relate to that because I'm. You? Yeah. Well, I think it's like I'm terrible with um. You know the idea of telling someone I like them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. God no, never do that. <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I lo- and I think it's like people just go, but you're so confident. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you do. You also portray confidence. Yeah. You definitely do. And, and I think that's like, um, that's just the thing when when you're talking to someone naturally, it's so easy. But with the moment you have to tell someone <laughs> you find them attractive in like anything more than just a yeah. you're nice and you're pretty and stuff like that, and when it you want it to form something. Yeah. And you have deep emotional interest in them. It, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's just like, oh, no, don't look at me. <laughs> like, let me just rest. <laughs> um, or, yeah. or I do. I, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I, I have a, a particular sense of humor, which, um, especially if I'm my like. On this particular day after set, it was... I mean, this person will never... I'm hoping he... You know, I I don't know. He will listen. Who knows? He probably won't. He probably won't even know who it is. He'll probably be so... It's a particular story. He'll know exactly who it is. (laughs) But after this day on set, we went for drinks and... um, He'd ordered his favorite cocktail because I was I was buying, but I'd had a really emotional day on that set. It yeah. was it was quite a dark day for me anyway. So my emotions, and I realized like three days afterwards, my emotions were still not mm. where I was. So I was almost like, it was almost like the effect of taking a drug. Like I was yeah. almost manic in a sense, and um, went for drinks. He ordered what he never finds this cocktail apparently on a menu, but he ordered it the first round of drinks, and I was like, cool. And I said, well, do you want another one? Because I'm shouting anyway. Um, and he said, yeah, no, no, for sure. I said, well, what do you want? And he goes, surprise me. And there was this one cocktail on the menu and I just, I can regret it now. Cause I thought it was funny at the time, but it was this like pink champagne. Not, not, yeah, it was, I think it had a champagne base. Um, but it had this like fairy floss in the top. Oh yes. I've so, seen like, yeah, it. It looks like this weird hair shit coming out of the drink. Yeah. And I thought it would be funny to order two of those. And his face said everything because I thought it was funny and he clearly did not. (gasps) I was was so mortified. I was so mortified at this because, one, he doesn't like champagne. (laughs) And he didn't tell me that. He said surprise him. And he was thinking I'd get him his favorite cocktail again. And I didn't. I just went for what I – that's my sense of humor. So that's my flirting technique. Well done, gay. Happy days. Can I just say that is my favorite story? <laughs> and I take it wasn't very successful. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good um, times. I mean, they, 
<laughs> yeah. I think that's always the thing because I'm I'm inherently like if I've said someone surprised me, I expect them to surprise me, and I am the type to right. La- I am the type to laugh at things like that. Like I love stupid stuff like that. It's I find it funny because it's just weird. It's weird. And, it and was... um, and and like I like quirky things. Like, but I feel like there's so many people out there who don't get that sense of humor. <laughs> if you don't understand it, it's just kind of like. Oh. Yeah, cool. The awkwardness <laughs> that followed that yeah. was just phenomenal. And I sat there being like, fuck. But then, you know, at the end of the day, that's me. And so, you know. Be true it, to yourself. That's it. You don't laugh at my strange joke, you got free alcohol. So <laughs> enjoy that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, <laughs> do you have any bad day? Like, do you have any? Come on. Uh, it has to be at least I, one time. I think not as bad as that. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, actually, I think I think like early early dating history, like probably God, when I was like early twenties, I've had some pretty shockers. Um, but I think this was probably last. Yeah, it was last year. God, and I went out on this date, and I was like, back when I was using dating apps and everything, and I was like, oh God, dating apps for anyone out there, they suck. I hate them so much. Did you have? Were you holding a fish in a picture or a small dog? <laughs> Did you have a picture with a small puppy dog? No, I didn't. So it was probably like petting a tiger. There's <laughs> 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 like a list of them that most people use. Like, oh, oh look, I petted a tiger. You're like, wow, good on I'm, you. I'm impressed. That's impressive. <laughs> no, I had nothing. Of the, I think okay. my main picture was just me smiling. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Honest, genuine, you know, true to form. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. I've just got to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I, I was sort of messaging this person while I was at work and I was like, oh, you know, I'd been on a 12 hour shift. And I was like, hey, do you want to just do something after work? I wasn't wearing anything nice. I was just wearing a t-shirt and jeans and stuff. I was like, oh, you know, just straight from work. And she was like, yeah, sure. And so I went out after work and sort of was like, okay, I'll um, meet her at Town Hall and everything. And she had come up really dressed up and everything. And I was like, and and first comment straight out of her mouth was, oh, I see we have different expectations. And I was like, I've just come straight from work. Oh, shit. <laughs> so no, like, you've been like, right, and just walked the other way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really was so tempted to just be like, uh-huh. And it just ruined the evening. It Absolutely, from the get-go, it just made me not oh, want to be there. Man. And I was like, I've already kind of committed to being here. I feel like if I just bolt, it's kind of worse. <laughs> um, but it, it was like, also, I was just like, man, that's that's real shit. And I, you know, it was a perfectly pleasant evening, like, it, but it was very awkward, like, oh, and man. it was just like, um, yeah, she really didn't want to make an active conversation. It was, yeah, and I've been on another, I've been on another date uh, with someone who literally just made no attempt to, like, connect. Like, it's always kind of funny when you go on dates with people who just don't want to make an active connection. But why go on the date? I know. I don't understand. I know. Um, are you big into dating apps? No, I don't use dating apps. <laughs> I attract enough psychos in real life that I don't need to find them through an app. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, <laughs> those are true stories. Yeah, that's no. that's for another podcast. Yeah, but yeah. No, if you if you want to find a psychopath in a room, give me a call because I'll be able to spot them and probably date them. So, was, it, was your last uh, dating experience a psychopath? Yeah, absolutely. Can you just not date psychopaths? <laughs> I know you make it sound so simple. That's such a simple request. It's not as simple as that. 
Are they just really attractive <laughs> psychopaths? I don't know what it is. I'm just I'm like it's you're just... dark and tortured, and I want to be around that. <laughs> no, there's been there's been a couple of really nice ones, but you know, they're... I just like the idea of someone dark and tortured, like wearing just this dark hoodie with yeah. a knife, just going. And you're just like I'm in. Yeah, like... are those are those knife marks in your wrists? I mean, you know, would you want to talk about it? Let's yeah. go out. Um, no. Something. Let's go and have a drink. Fuck it. So, it's so true and it's so wrong. Anyway. Um, um, let's go back to acting before yes, we... <laughs> before we go into my dating life, let's please change um, the topic. Okay. That was one of my funnest yeah. conversations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, yeah, so you've done... You've done a fair bit now yeah. to do with acting it's since you come came here. Come yeah. here? Came. Come here. Come here. Since you come to Australia. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you've done you've done heaps of stuff. And you know, like, you and I know a lot of mutual friends. It's we have true. a lot of... Uh, I, I spoke to Robin Query before. Oh, I've already no interviewed him. And um, you both were on Greed together, which... Is, is that G- an hour? Is it Guilt? Sorry, Guilt. Is it Guilt? I was like, mm, Greed. I wasn't on Greed. I don't know was it Greed or Guilt? It's Guilt. Sorry, I tell a lie. It's yeah. Guilt. <laughs> There's too many names. Wait, hang on. Robin who? Robin Query. Query? Yeah. Do you think you're the right person? Yeah. You were on the same thing together. Were we? Yeah. I'm not crazy. No, I, I think you might be because no. I don't know. Do I know? Oh, Robin? and you may never have been in a scene with him. That's oh, the thing. Okay, maybe that's it. Yeah. That's an unfair expectation. Yeah. So I walked I walked into um a room the other day, um, and I'm I, it's in a post production house that I'll probably start working in next week and just in terms of client services. And one of the the staff members, he's like, Hey, well, congrats on the film, by the way. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. You know, it's doing really well. And, you know, I saw my name in the credits and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, it's... it's it, it, so it, it, it turns out that I've met this person at a party and he was on the <laughs> film. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, the mortification. I'm so sorry. You know who you are. I won't name you. Um, Did you say guilt yet? It's guilt. I was on a film called Guilt. Yeah, guilt. So is you Robin. Said, you no, said no, no, no. So, so is Robin. Okay. I did say greed, but I, I did mean guilt. <laughs> <laughs> you were right about the title. Um, but yeah, so is Robin. So okay. I'm not wrong about the okay, fact. No, but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't only like a couple of scenes in that film. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, so, so the, the let's clear up that okay, fact. Okay, cool. So we both were on the same film. I've never met Robin, but she sounds he she, he he is he, yes. he sounds amazing. I'm sorry, Robin. I'm sure we get um, along when we meet. In yeah, yeah. You know the funny thing is, is so I could tell you three people I know on this. So, um, you, Craig Walker, of course, because everyone knows Craig and uh, Robin. Okay. And Robin played a character called Jeffrey. Right. So it probably was in a scene that you weren't in. Yeah. Um, that either you and Craig weren't in. Um, Robin is an amazing, amazing actor. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. And <laughs> for someone you've never met. Um, but yeah, he was in it. Um, and I was getting confused because he was also in another film called Greed. And right. that uh, the two okay. G's just kind of threw me out. Guilt and greed. And, uh, they're actually really sort of interesting. <laughs> that, you know? The just sad. The, the, f- the fact that you remembered it all is amazing. So. Um, is that out now? Is it out? is. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. How does that feel? Because I remember seeing a trailer yeah. probably a couple of months back. Um, is that surreal now that that's on Amazon Prime? Because I felt like that was in like, post for a while. Yeah. You know what? I think... Um, 
They did really, really well. It's an independent feature. So yeah. to get them, you know, to get distribution in terms of global distribution and stuff, they did an amazing job getting that out there. So it is, it is a little bit surreal. Yeah. Um, I only, I, w- I had a supporting part in that. So it's, it feels good. It feels good. You know, I'm also hypercritical of my work sometimes, but I trust that the people who created that wouldn't have put yeah. shit stuff in it, you know? So I, I'm, I really, the team behind it are amazing as well. I mean, I, I've watched a fair bit of your stuff, which you, okay. <laughs> you were just like, oh, Lord. Okay, here we go. Um, and, and you're a good performer. Like Thank the, you. But I, I think it's also like, um, it goes to back what you said when you were younger. You really notice you in a room versus everyone else. And I think that's down to just the fact that you always stand out. And that is a good Thank thing. You. You're, you're very much like someone who doesn't blend into the background. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. I can't remember the life of me, the name of it, but I remember the first ever image I ever saw of you, Kirsty, was one in you in a period outfit. I can't remember the name of the film, but do you know the one I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I do. And that, I, I just remember looking at that and going, who is this person? I need to know. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. That's magic. That's magic. And I think that's in post at the moment still. Really? Yeah. So it'll come out. They keep saying soon. So we'll see. <laughs> Ominously soon. Ominously soon. It's been uh, soon for a while. So. I mean, how... This this must be, as an actor, the driving you nuts when everyone says, oh, when's it going to be out? Because yeah. there's an expectation of like, you did that a couple of years ago. Must be mm. a couple of years now. It was, yeah. Um, and just films do take a little while in post. Like mm. I had a film once in post for three years. Shit. Um, <laughs> and I've had one which was in post for a year. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, they vary in how long people want to keep them out of the public media. Um, but also, you know, it's down to people who are interested and also your market and everything like that. So is that a bit of a... I guess, uh, frustration for you to always g- try and get something for your showreel or is it? Yeah, I definitely I definitely think that that's something that, you know, so as, as an actor, you hope that when you do a project that it gets made and that it gets, you know, you, you actually get to see some of the footage and there's nothing more frustrating than wanting the footage and not being able to get it. Yeah. Because obviously if it's in post and it is actually going to get made, then, you know, you can't show too much of it and people get very possessive of the footage. Um, yeah. I do find, I do find that a little bit frustrating, but I also appreciate that that's, it's almost the nature of the beast and any actor that you've spoken to has that same experience. It's not a unique experience. Um, yeah. And everybody's, everybody's done it, you know? And I also appreciate that sometimes post-production costs money that people don't often budget for. Um, yeah. So it's all good and well getting a film filmed and done, but it, a lot of films don't make it through post because either the funding's run out or, you know, sort of by the time it's shot, people have lost the love for the film. Yeah. And um, I think that even so I'm, I'm busy working on one at the moment and my thing is already before I've even started filming the main thing, I've set up who's doing post-production and how much post-production is actually going to cost me. And, you know, mm. all those things because I'm not – I've been through it enough that I'm going, well, it has to get made and yeah. it's going to be amazing when it does and I don't want anybody on the project that is giving the time, the love, the passion to not have something amazing at the end of it. I just don't think that that's, that's just my own personal philosophy on how I work. So I do find that frustrating. How do you 
How do you find the post-production process? Why did it take you open things one. so long? Uh, so that one was a personal project. Okay. Um, and I feel... I love editing. Editing's like the editing was what I started with. So, nice. anyone um, who knows my background, it was acting and editing. Because as an actor, I wanted to edit my own things to showcase, how, and and that was kind of how I learned. I was like I could reflect on my performances through editing, but then I just fell in love with editing as a technical aspect. So I just got used to it, and so I do it really well now. But um, yeah, it was one of those things that I feel like. Because the project that I was working on, I didn't know VFX. VFX is something that is not in my skill range. Never was. And the person who was going to do VFX at the time, um, I was in a relationship with and that relationship had ended, which doesn't help. <laughs> so I'm sorry I laugh, but this is how we learn not to date the people that we're going to work with. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's just a wise thing. Uh, and then, like, yeah, that fizzled out. And so I didn't have anyone to do VFX and I didn't want to like VFX is one of those annoying things that you don't want to really kind of like brat and like nag people to do. Yeah. So I eventually met a friend who did them, but this was like two years later. So it was one of these projects that was just sitting on a hard drive <laughs> and it was all edited. It was all ready to go, but it was just couldn't go anywhere. So he did the VFX and then it was given some sound and music. And then uh, finally, we did this all in the space of three months. We did wow. everything to fix it up in three months and then release it. And it it was well shot. It was well made. But it, it was one of those things that we just had to, once I found someone who could do it, I was just like, I'm not wasting any time. I'm getting this done. Because if I leave it, I'm gonna, it's going to drag out again. And I was like, gave everyone an end date of when it needed to be done by. Got it up. Got it out there. And it was well received. Um, but... I mean, yeah, that's one of those things that you just got to... But I've had things that I've edited and I've had things that I've made that have, you know, been produced and directed by other people and have never seen the light of day. And that is just the way that, the, as you say, it's not to do with the funding because those projects I've done for um, helping out friends, but it does it does make me sad when things that you put effort into don't ever get out there and they are in my showreel like i was allowed to luckily use those material in my showreel but they never were wanting to be publicly out there why i think it was because it was like actors directing their own stuff and they wanted it to be good but then when they watched it back it wasn't what they wanted so okay. therefore it was like a confidence thing it was always like down to just oh this was mm. not as good as i thought it would be and i was like it, it's always a learning curve. Like everything, you know, I look at every experience as a learning curve because if you hide behind, it's like, we, you know, when we hide behind something and don't just let that bit of invulnerable, invulnerable side or, oh, sorry, not invulnerable, vulnerable side mm. of us go out there in the world, it's suddenly like, you know, we're just sheltering ourselves and hiding mm. away. And I feel like as people, we've got to really just throw ourselves out there a little bit and just and just kind of hope that it's well received. And if it's not, we move on to the next thing, but we cannot always have to move forward. There's a little bit of like, as we say, with change, we just got to keep progressing and doing the things that we love. But yeah, that was what, there was a reason it sat in a hard drive, but I love editing. Like, um, of anyone who doesn't know that, I just, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. I, I think it's bizarrely fun. It's, um, it's kind of like doing a puzzle. It's just, but it's mm. also a lot of back and forth because you work out things that work and don't work very quickly. And I think it's good for any director to do it, be an editor as well. Because your mentality is you know when a scene cuts well and when you think something was performed, you know, when you thought that really cool shot that you mm. wanted was 
you know, going to be the centerpiece and it doesn't end up being the centerpiece, you're like, I could have not done that and done this instead and it would have worked better. So it's simplifying things because the more simple your setup is, sometimes the better it is because people remember it because you're focusing on other things. And when you're focusing on how cool you want your shots to be, that's not your job as a director. That's your DOP's job as a director. Yeah. As a director of photography. So, yeah, there's 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 these people who have jobs and that is why they have jobs. And as an editor, your job is to kind of just bring all these worlds together and make a film out of it. It's very it's very fun. I love it. I think it's great. Awesome. I I think editors are technically like the wizards and I'm like the editor I'm working with now. And I'm going to name drop because he's amazing. Joe Morris. Um, shout out to you, my friend. Um, He's... He's a wizard when it comes to editing. Like yeah. he does stuff and he'll knock stuff something out, and he he's just phenomenal. Like, yeah. like we did this tease and he cut it together without without any kind of real guidance on this one. Um, you know, because I'd said what I wanted. Yeah. And we went. It's a whole because it's now a team. You know, sort of behind it at the moment, and so it's not just my say. I don't just get to yeah 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 do whatever I want. Um, and he did something, and I was like. You literally read my mind and somehow managed to make it work on screen, which is a really, really big skill. So editors are the sort of, for me, they're just the, they are sorcerers behind the magic of taking shots yeah. and film and stuff like that. And I'm sure the DOP won't agree. I love you. You know I do. Um, and <laughs> without his amazing shots, we would never have done, you know, the stuff. But editing certainly is a craft, yeah. which is just phenomenal. And it, yeah, and it's just kind of it elevates everything. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, a performance as an actor, a performance, like, what's your thought on this? Because I I always find acting is subjective. It is so subjective, mm-hmm. and I think um, there's there's no you can see bad acting when someone's wooden. That is a completely like yeah. element there. But I think acting is so subjective on how people want to portray characters, and I think. You know, as long as you've got the emotional intensity, how you perform is completely individual. Mm. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Well, you were an actor. You would know. Yeah. Surely. But, I mean, like, th- so many people I know are very hypercritical of, yeah. like, performances and everything. And um, the thing I like about acting especially is you just have fun with it. you got to mm. have fun with it. It's a very much, like, I love set environments. I love film environments. And when you're performing especially it's yeah you just got to go into this part of region of your brain where you're like in the backyard again playing as a kid and Mm. you are projecting all your feelings your emotions into funneling them to a creative point and and you got to kind of remove yourself from your world that you are currently in and pretend you're on like an alien planet or in a 1950s bar or something like that and it's so cool because that's why I love stories. There's the immersive, you know, stories mm. that are out there, whether they're real life dramas or fictional um, horror or sci-fi or anything like that. It's a world, it's a plethora of things. And they're so fun when you watch it back and you go, I made something. And there's a little bit of like excitement in it, like childhood excitement mm. when you watch it. I think that will never die. If that dies in you and you think like you're not really doing this industry uh proper i think i feel like you've got to have a constant like 
fun about you and and like excitement would you totally yeah i'm just trying to think and i think that's why i love i love not only the world but the people in the world because everybody in it is somehow creative and they all have a childlike quality about them and so anybody who's not in the entertainment industry it you just it's i highly recommend getting into it because you just get to be a kid and everybody around you is has a little bit of childness about them yeah and it's the most fun environment to be around that people just don't judge as heavily, I yeah. find. Or at least the people I know. Um, I'm sure they are out there and they judge heavily all the time. But the people <laughs> I, I know and I have met, I've been so lucky in that everybody just has these beautiful personalities that you just want to be around and it breeds creativity. So if yeah. you surround yourself in that environment, you're just like, you get to... And we... I mean, often I'll sit at the table with like friends who are creatives and we'll have these ideas and we, we literally, it's like throwing paint at a wall, we call it. And we just sit around and we throw around ideas and some of them are shit. Like some yeah. of them we're all sitting there and we're like, well, that's a shit idea. And then we have another drink and we're having fun and nobody cares because, you know, I've come from a world where originally if you'd put something on the table that was like less than brilliant, they'd be like, mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's like this awkward silence of being like, "Oh, you've just put a shit idea." Now everybody's looking at it and judging you for the shit idea. Yeah. Whereas in this world, it's like, "Oh, well, that didn't work." Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's it's funny how many shit ideas you go through before you get to the final product. So and, many. And and this is the thing as well as drafting scripts, drafting ideas is. Every film I've ever worked on, every idea I've ever worked on, goes through at least at least thirty drafts. Wow! It's just because you just go through and and like people go, oh, like why so many? And it's like you change little things so many times along the way. You got to keep mm-hmm. up with your own drafts. And when you get to the final draft, you look back at the first draft, and this is my favorite thing to do. And look at the comparisons, and they're so different. They're sometimes radically different, and you just go, "Hang on, how did I get to here?" But it's always good to look back at where you were to try and work out why you came the direction you. Yeah, okay, I, I find that interesting actually. Yeah, because it really I think helps you understand why you made the decisions that you did okay. and what didn't work about the original draft. But also you cherry pick the things that did work about the original draft, and you mm-hmm. go, ah, so the motive underneath because the first draft is like the skeletal structure, yeah. and you're just going bare bones. Here's uh, characters are just going, I want this, so therefore I need this. Yeah. They're not going and being cryptic and and not saying what they're really thinking. So, because people don't. Yeah. People are notoriously wanting so Yeah, they're notoriously being like, you thought I wanted that, but that's what I said. I know it's what I said, but it's not what I want. Well, no. <laughs> um, it's con- contradictory all mm-hmm. the time. But I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. That's, that logic of writing is completely different. Was that something you encountered when you were working on ideas as well? So I've only ever really done the one script. So that's now um, what I'm making at the moment. We're making, put we in there. Um, yes, yeah, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just me. I'm driving it. Let's. Um, I won't lie about that one. So I'm producing at the moment, which was a very, <laughs> it's been a steep learning curve. How good is uh, producing? Uh, yeah, I love that laugh. Yeah, I love your face. This one time, how great is it? Everybody loves a good producing. I hate, I, I, look, I, as a producer, I love and hate it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. I um. There's that, it's the success of getting the things 
And then there's all the stress of trying to get the things. Yeah, and emailing yes. a lot of people and yeah. asking a lot of questions yeah. and then reiterating yourself and then people asking you more questions that you may have or may not have answered and then following things up constantly. Yeah, constantly and trying to like maintain peace amongst people. Oh, my God. Just... This is the hardest thing because your own inner peace gets disturbed and you just go, I want everyone to shut up. Yeah, I just want you all, can you all just get along? Can you all get along? Because this would be great. Um, you know, it's no. But luckily I've, I've been very, I have been very, very lucky yeah. in terms of the people that they have their own connections and they're just like, phone this person. And I was like, cool, I'll phone that person. But it's just, you know, so... Um, yeah, producing... What was the question? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lost train of thought. I'm I sorry. love it. Um, no, I was going to say... Uh, God, I lost train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was just about, like, you know, organizing and producing and just, like... Mm-hmm. Um, God, rewind my brain. Yeah, you've <laughs> lost the question as well. I lost the question. So you just like we we got into producing. And yeah. I was like, how great is it? How great um, is it? Yeah, yeah. But you know, this project that you're doing, though, mm. it's that must, yeah, as you say, a steep learning curve. Is that something that you know with script writing? Because we mm. were oh, talking about script writing. Yeah, that's what it Look was. at you and your first script. Yeah. Was that a hard thing to kind of really wrap your head around something you were creating from an idea that you had or yeah. collaborated with? Yeah, it was. It was. And it was a very close friend of mine, Glenn, who was like, you need to put put the ideas down. Just yeah. write. He goes, it'll be a good exercise. If you never make it, just write it because this will be really helpful for you. So I wrote it and the original idea was really quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through draft after draft of that one. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. we were going to make it with some friends and a camera and it had quite a big cast and I didn't know how to make it work, but we were going to figure it out. And then one day I was like, what happens if we just cut all the characters? <laughs> and so we lost, it went down from like, I think it was 11 or 12 characters to five. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, and they're gone. Bye. And that was it. And, you know, suddenly the script got tighter and more streamlined and then i was in queensland with a very another close friend of mine gabby and we'd done this amazing like 15 kilometer walk only because there was a pub at the other side and we could sit and have a drink um it makes (laughs) me sound like an alcoholic we walked first we weren't drunk on the walk so that was good um (laughs) where we sat down we ordered i think it was a double vodka and lime and we sat there and i told her about this idea and she just went she she saw the story and she saw the house that I'd created within the story. There's a specific room and we suddenly got into this idea of what makes it like, how does it, how do you make it tangible on screen? Because if you've ever walked into a room that's in like a druggies house, like like, there's a, there's a staleness to the, like a dampness to the air. And there's like a, there's a grime that you you feel it when you're in the room. And we were talking about this and she saw the story. Like I saw it. And suddenly we sat there and we're like, shall we make a movie? Shall we make a movie? Let's make a movie. And then that's how it started. And then she helped revise the drafts and we tightened it and tightened it. And that's what we're doing at the moment. That's so awesome. It was, it's a different story. It's a different story to what we started with. Like yeah. it's, it's got, it's got a skeletal structure. Maybe, I mean, if you were picking out the skeleton and maybe it'd be like, you took the two first top ribs, you know? So it's not even like functional movement. That yeah. you'd get with a normal skeleton, we took out like those kind of bones that yeah. are, and then we created a whole new thing, which is really exciting. That's awesome. I mean, like, what's the genre of it? Um, 
Well, this has been up for debate. It's definitely it's got. <laughs> it's a very debatable. It's a drama. It's a drama, um, but it's also got like an element of sci-fi to it, and yeah. it's a thriller. I, I'd put it in the thriller. It's like black. It's got a Black Mirror kind of Ooh. twist in it, and sort of, and it's close enough to reality. And you haven't filmed it yet. No, it's set in the 1950s. <gasps> I know. Oh. I mean, like, this is it. This is what we just we just gave ourselves the absolute playground to just go in and just make something. And, really and cool. also budget. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the budget. Let's not talk about the budget. We'll get the budget. It'll be um, fine. It'll no, be fine. I mean, like, and it's what ninety minutes or sixty minutes? Oh or? no, this is a short. This oh, how short how long film. is it going to be? Uh, probably like thirteen or fourteen minutes. I'd oh, nice. Yeah, that's so awesome. It's short and just. Tight. It's, it's tight, yeah. Because there's no way I'm writing a feature. Could you imagine? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I feel like short films. I also feel like short films are quite punchy. Mm. They're very punchy. They're very contained. Because it's like the middle of the story and you don't always get the answers. Yeah. And I like not always having answers to things. Yeah. I feel like that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I love a 1950s story. I love like everything set in a period of yeah. time. It's, it's especially like thrillers. Um, yeah. I watch Boardwalk Empire. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like that's awesome. So are you playing one of the characters? I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, what's some like? This was also a question I just thought. As an actor, yeah, is there anything you wouldn't do? Because that's always like, is there anything out of your comfort zone as an actor to not do? Hmm. I think. I'm trying to think. Um. I mean. I think it all depends on the character. I think if I relate to a character and a story, there's not a lot I probably wouldn't try. Yeah. You know, I think there's definitely things I'm more suited to than others. Um, I, I don't play sort of super girly, yeah. you know, like cutesy people. I just don't have that, that look that <laughs> I just don't like me and something like legally blonde, you'd be like mm, wrong casting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, I don't think there's anything I wouldn't do. I think if, um, I don't know, like I mean, those roles don't even exist. The stuff that you, the stuff that you wouldn't do in real life, I guess. Like, yeah, you know, sort of if involve. Um, I think if it involves something like playing with a Ouija board or something like that, answer, I just be like, Bob's <laughs> not your best person because I'm just I'm like. There's a part of me that believes and sort of... Really? You yeah. believe? I like, you know, as a believer mm-hmm. and um, my partner's also a believer and she has her own podcast. Everyone should go and listen to it. But What's the podcast name? It's called The Hoke Poke Pod. And okay. if you go and listen to it, it's great. Um, but yeah, as a, you know, just the whole idea of like, I love watching those films, but I would never play with <laughs> I just don't like the idea. Um, but no, I think, yeah, that... It's why I get I get I've been cast in a couple of sort of short horrors or and one feature sort of um Plain. horror thriller, but it's because generally like I think I remember the one it's called Saving Grace and it's still in post. Um but then like can you just run through the forest and we're in like we're in I was it Scotland Island or wherever it was, so it's it's dark. It is very dark and I am not a fan of the darkness. Um and it's like the trees and there's only like a, there's a skeleton crew. So there's four of us. One of them's another actor. There's one dude with the camera. And they're like, just go as far into the forest until you can't see us. So I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and when you like, hear the sound of someone chopping yeah. on. <laughs> have you watched the Blair Witch Project? I will never be found, my friends. I will be, like, I don't even have a camera. I've got nothing. I don't have a phone because I'm acting. So I'm not supposed to have a phone. Like, I'm like, you're asking me to go 
no, you come, somebody stand in the forest and they do it. They had to send somebody into the forest with me because I had to run because I was being chased. Ah. And so I was like, I'm not running into the darkness. I'm no. just not doing it. No, and it's that. because genuinely when you see those things and it looks like fear, it's genuine fear on my face. I think that's what it is. It's just genuine terror of not wanting to be in a situation and being like, I'm scared. Please yeah. get me out. <laughs> nah, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that indeed. And, uh, like, no, nah, I hate the idea of being chased in the yeah. dark. Oh no, this, this film actually played into all my fears because once, okay, one, it's like it's like a ghost kind of story anyway. So it's running through darkness, which is the the other one was sinking me in the manly sort of one of the oh, near no. Shelley Beach. They put weights in my pocket and sank <gasps> me, and <gasps> so you're just like. So they threw me into the ocean and sank me down. <laughs> there was like this sharks and darkness are like two of my main fears. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to address all of those in one film for you, Cassidy. And you uh, were just like, fuck you guys. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, I still, yeah. I mean, like, that, that, though, I think, you know, because now you're doing your own f- film and you can probably like stay safe. Stay safe. Own. I'd be uh, like, lights, where are the lights? <laughs> I mean, like that also, you know, because you've had a bit of a plethora of career, that's like, you know, kind of awesome that you can also say I've challenged my fears as mm. a person to do like <laughs> horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you know, that, that's also kind of the thing because do you get, feel like people kind of judge you a bit for being a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to like dark and yeah i think my friends do more than anybody else and they tease me all the time they they do it deliberately which is what good friends always do but um i've never chickened out so really you know i've never gone like it's too much it's too much it's too much so they don't get to call me a scaredy cat like until like they find the darkness thing funny but i start free i will properly freak out if it's very dark and i'm alone i get very uncomfortable. Very Re- yeah, yeah, you live on your own. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's like I know my apart- like. Yeah, my apartment's fine. I'm talking about like out outdoorsy yeah. kind of. Because how long ago was that Scotland one? Oh, that was also a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you back over there just to film that. And... Oh no, Scotland Island, which is up on. Oh, sorry. Hang yeah, on. like so, a physical place in Australia. Yeah, it's ah. it's like you can only access it by boat. Ah, and it was yeah filming in a creepy house with creepy dogs. Oh, I like, think I know the one that yeah. I saw. Yeah, and it's like you're outside of a house and a yes. blue lighting, and uh, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, now. And I was like, oh. yeah, that's that's that one. You know, and it's generally dark. And yeah, oh my god, I remember this scene. I mean, it's a spoiler anyway, but this person crawls across the floor. <laughs> Just, but she's got these contact lenses in and she's like a demon anyway. But the way they did it is they put her on a skateboard <laughs> and it was the most terrifying movement you've ever seen a human yeah. make. And I, I was in the room. What I knew the person doing it and I was still scared. I was like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Thank you very much. What about playing the monster? Would you want to play the monster? Oh, I would be good playing a monster. <laughs> Easy. I love scaring other people. You just don't like beans. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. No, nah, that's amazing. It's, it's the analogy of being a bully. Most bullies are bullies because they've been bullied. So I can scare people because I'm yeah. scared again. Yeah. So I like inducing fear in other people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, human. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but I was also going to talk a bit about, um, you know, social media because on social media, 
people, you know, the, it goes back to assumptions because with a social media, you look very confident. You look very much like I was going back to, you know, you look very glamorous and everything. How do you, is that always a surprise when people meet you as well? And they just go, you're nothing like, especially with casting <laughs> situations. <laughs> with just like, who, who the fuck is this? <laughs> this is not who we brought in. Yeah. Is that like, it, that must be so so weird with auditions yeah. and stuff like and do you get anxious during auditions um you know i used to i used to i think there's always i f- i try and feed off the nerves because there's a very special feeling about you must get it when you get certain things where you yeah. almost like you start feeding off that anx- it's not anxiety but it's almost like excitement yeah i think was it les chandre was saying that there's he there's studies done that excitement and an- anxiety in the brain you know can or nervousness yeah. can actually physiologically they produce almost the exact same effects in the body it's just how your brain interprets them so Mm. if you have to sit there and go i'm not anxious i'm excited i do that um i think luckily with acting you've got your headshots they've got your show reel so they kind of know what to expect when i walk into the room Uh, Mm. i think it's people in real life where they look at my instagram and they're like (laughs) What the fuck happened? <laughs> this is not the person I thought you were. And I was like, yeah, because social media lies. <laughs> you know? just <laughs> And I do. My, my Instagram page is all sort of curated shots. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not a particularly highly stylized page. It's just actually stuff I love doing. But my stories more so are a little bit of my personality and my everyday goings on and I'll often do just weird videos and just I love it. your stories. They're great. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. are just like, the one I just posted one this morning yesterday, a magpie like literally tried to attack my head and then stole my sandwich. Um <laughs> and I just don't even understand how that happened. I was such a such a weird only in Australia. Like it's claws yeah. clipped the side like it grabbed the side of my and then it grabbed my sandwich and I was like, I would have given you the sandwich. Just fuck off. Just, yeah. I, but I always think the best thing about your videos is you're just in your car or you're telling a story. <laughs> no. You're straight after the gym and you're just like, and let me tell you about this right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. Um, I just, there are so many facets that I'm just like, Thank make you. you make me think that you're such a genuine person, especially like, I feel like that's the thing that social media really lacks. It's the genuality yeah. of people and that genuine nature because because you are such a, nice sweet genuine Mm. individual it's very reassuring when you meet someone and especially like hopefully people who listen to this episode of the podcast know that about you and know how genuine you are that it's yeah it really does shift because social media is this weird weird world where we have to pretend we're someone else obviously to make it and do you, you don't feel like you've ever had to pretend exactly that you have to be someone else these days do you not so much these days. I think it comes with time and age. I mean, surely you found that that when you first go into, oh, you yeah, must have found that when you first went into like a major job, you were like, yeah. "I'll be exactly what you want." Yeah, and it's you almost chameleon yourself into being what somebody wants, and then you realize that a, it's unsustainable, you know, and b, you're just miserable doing it because yeah. you're it's a you're you're faking it. Um, and <laughs> there's that idea that you do you fake it until you make it, and I totally buy into that, but. I also start understanding that people that we connect to, like yourself, are more, the more genuine they are and the more vulnerable somebody is and goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm not that. And yeah. this, is, this is not who I am. And then you connect with them on that level rather than somebody who you go, 
something's off. Yeah, something's yeah. off about this, and I can't put my finger on it. And then I just yeah. So you must have found that as well. Absolutely, sure. and I think, um, I think that's why I do things like this, especially because you know. It creates a platform that is safe for people, but also interesting to listen to and therefore just kind of makes a very generic thing because I feel like this industry really, we do like to, um, yeah, pocket ourselves and mm. into, into pretending that, um, and you know, it's, it's so funny because everyone just, you know, like every job you ever do, everyone goes, oh, you have to protect the, you know, the idea the film you got to promote mm. it if i think something's terrible i will not promote it <laughs> i'm i'm so blatantly obvious and blunt when it comes to things and if someone goes do you, what do you think i go it's shit <laughs> like, well that's I, wouldn't you rather have that i'd so much rather have somebody telling me what they think and you know it might it might hurt at the time and then yeah. i'm like once that is sort of once it's healed over i'm like actually no you did me a genuine favor yeah. because some things i need to hear I, I am always yeah. like that. If you need honest advice, <laughs> I guess I love that. So, I, I mean, you'll just have, I'll start crying, and, but I get over it quite I, quickly. I'll, I'll just be like <laughs> calling you, just going, "Hey, I think it's shit." I think it's shit. <laughs> just you know, not even unsolicited. Yes. Just be like, "Hey, I just thought I'd let you know that it was shit." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I handle it pretty well. My friend, one of my close with this script that we wrote, I let her read it and. She literally tore it apart. Yeah. She tore it apart in front of my eyes. And it was like literally watching somebody like tear apart a, a small bunny rabbit with her bare hands. That's what it felt like to yeah. me. And I was crushed. I was crushed. And, and I was like, you know what? She's trying to make it better. Uh, but it also, it's it's so subjective also because yeah. your first draft and your first idea of anything is going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. And and like, I think this is always the best lesson that anyone said to me ever was if you get a script, get everyone to read it. Like, just get a bunch mm. of friends around in a room, get them to read it out loud because the moment you hear something out loud, boy, does it sound clunky. Yeah. Does it, it sounds bad because you can read it a thousand times in your head and go, that's great. But then the moment you hear it out loud, you're like, like that's good advice it's really good advice and it doesn't have to be actors you cast in it but just friends that you know and you just kind of get them to all read it and then give a little bit of an opinion on what they thought it was structured that's why i love sending scripts to friends and they just give me back honest feedback and they just go it was good or it you know this could use Mm. a bit of improvement but you're taking everything with an element of like grain of salt because they have to like yeah. you know no you know, it's just an opinion but um they're not going to be like they're just going to be like i didn't think that flowed well or that just kind of stopped yeah. here and it kind of like died a little bit <laughs> inside yeah so like creating is hard it is and also like there are stages anything you've written on script will not always translate well to film mm. and 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 the medium that you pick are always different and i think people need to understand that mediums are there for a purpose, so you need to work out how to write for the said mediums because, like, a lot of people, this is my favourite thing, whenever you read a first draft of a script, people write write that characters are doing something and they'll describe what they're doing and they'll just go, I'm doing this, and then you can cut that dialogue later because you see them doing it. Mm -hmm. You don't need anyone to say anything in the scene because it actually becomes very obvious through visuals. And Whereas if you're doing a radio play, everything has to be said because you can't physically see it. So you're going, I'm walking, you know, you don't go, I'm walking up the stairs, but you could hear the sound of the stairs as they go, I'm going up to the roof to go and sort something out. And then you hear the sound of them going up the stairs or it's, it's very much like you've just got to use what you know and your soundscape and your medium and just, yeah, it's, it's learning. Um, But it's, it's a fun, like, 
there's no right or wrong way to do something. It's just learning. Yeah. There's um. Oh no, there's definitely right and wrong ways. Let's not <laughs> let's not be. I mean, there are wrong ways where you'll do something and somebody's like, that's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do that. Look, I. <laughs> I was trying to be really nice. I think yeah. you just sucker punch that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, we can be nice about it. We can nah, fuck it. it but those, uh, nah, it's not family friends. <laughs> yeah, there's this, this times when you go, like, somebody goes, nah, that's fucked. Yeah, that's You fucked. did that wrong. That's wrong. That's technically wrong. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say let's wrap things up. Yeah. But can I just say it's been awesome. Thank you. I love this. It's gone so quickly, actually. Um, I've really enjoyed this. I'm, I've been an absolute blast um, chatting with you. And yeah, yeah it's it's really nice. It I, just didn't know, I, don't, I can't even remember what we've talked about. I mean, oh, don't we, we? We did politics. Did we do politics? Because we, yeah, we, yeah, did, we did politics. We did we did life. We did where you grew up. Yeah, we did dating. dating. We've like done acting. acting. We've done creating. Producing. Producing, we've done a lot. It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> been heaps of fun. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to, ch- where can people find you on the socials? Where? Um, I am Kirsty underscore Mackenzie underscore on Instagram and Kirsty Mackenzie on Facebook. And I'm really bad at Twitter, but you know, sort of, if you're one of like ten people who might follow me, then I will probably respond. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to be all over the place, and yeah, I love it. I love it. Right. Now go and stalk her. Be that be it. the next psycho. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, you can be one of not. You can be eleven on Twitter. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, and this is the things we do podcast. If you want to check out more episodes, they're available on Apple and Spotify. And I will speak to you all later. Goodbye. <laughs>